I knew him as the Mimbo from Seinfeld. You may know him from MTV, but today, Dan Cortez sits down to talk on the show about how to go from Mimbo to man on this week's Compete Everyday Podcast. What is up, competitor? Welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast, or welcome back to the Compete Everyday Podcast. If you've been here before, you know who I am, and if this is your first episode, it's great to have you here. My name is Jake Thompson. I'm the Chief Encouragement Officer at Compete Every Day, your host here at the Compete Every Day Podcast, the weekly show designed to have interviews and content to help you learn ways to build a winning mindset, show up stronger, and win your work, your workouts, and your life. That's what we're all about. That's my mission here on this earth is to help and support ambitious leaders like you, So I'm so glad you're here. You might know Dan Cortez's name. If you don't know his name, I'm sure you recognize his face. This Hollywood star was all over MTV. He was on TV shows Veronica's Closet, What I Like About You, and the first time I was introduced to him on Seinfeld as Elaine's boyfriend, the Mimbo, the male version of the Bimbo. Now, Dan has a fascinating story and and how he grew up, how he played college ball, developed throughout his career in Hollywood and what he's done now. And so he talks about this journey from Mimbo to manhood, talks about being a father and how pieces of that has changed his life, tidbits and wisdom that he's learned over the years dealing with that Hollywood life and how it looks to maintain focus on the things that matter. So you're in for a treat in today's conversation. But before we dive in, a couple of quick hitters for you. We are cooking up something very fun in the Compete Everyday Kitchen called the Daily Competitor. I'm excited for you to find out about it. And so we're almost ready to debut it. If you're on our email list, you will find out first on how to get signed up for this really awesome new program. And more importantly, how we're going to be equipping you and encouraging you every single day of the week in a number of different formats designed to help you continue to raise your game, to show up strong, to lead, to impact and compete every day for the people that you love and the things that matter in this life. To support the show, there's two easy ways to keep us going and honestly just keep my coffee cup full. You can grab something at competeeveryday.com and use the code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T. It'll get you 15% off any order. So you can pick up a copy of my new book, Compete Every Day, The Not-So-Secret Secret to Winning Your Work in Life. You can grab a new shirt. We just released a couple of new designs, some brand new gym flags. That's right, we're rolling out new gear almost every single month. And I'm excited about some of these new gym garage banner flags, Compete Every Day. We have a number of different colors on them now available. So if you need to outfit your garage, if you need to put something in your gym, heck, if you need to put it in your office for yourself, your sales team, grab one of these flags, use the code podcast, we'll save you 15% off. And then the second way to support the show, the way you guys are already doing every single week, I see it on Instagram, I see it on Twitter, I'm interacting with y'all. Just share this episode. Share your favorite episode from the last few months. Share it with someone in your office that you work with and have been dealing with on Zoom meetings. Share it with a friend that you train with at the gym. Just introduce them to the Compete Every Day podcast. Introduce them to what it's all about, what it means to show up and compete every day, and encourage them to be a part of the community as well. The show continues to grow. I'm continually amazed by just the increase in downloads every week because y'all are investing time 
to not only listen and hang out with me as I talk into this microphone, imagining each and every one of you listening to this, but more importantly, you take the time to share it. So thank you for that. Now, let's talk about how we go from immature, crazy mimbo to a manhood. How do we go to being someone that's full of influence, full of focus, and moving forward with the things that matter in life? My conversation with MTV's Dan Cortez. Dan, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. How you doing? I'm doing great, Jake. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, man. And we were connected by a mutual friend, Christopher Worth, over at No Quit Living, who's recently yeah. been here on the podcast. Uh, and I'm excited to talk to you today because you have a brand new book out, Step Off My Journey from Mimbo to Manhood. Yes. Uh, I'm interested to learn a little bit more. But for some of our listeners, they may be like, how do I know Dan's name? Where? Why, what is he doing on the Compete Everyday podcast? But more importantly, why does this name sound so familiar? Because they're not putting those two connections together. Right. Tell us a little bit about yourself to catch everyone up to speed. And then, man, we're going to have some fun today. Yeah, I think, well, maybe even to go back to the book and the title, they're probably going, Dan Cortez, Dan Cortez. How do I know that? Uh, I started way back in the day in the 90s on a show called MTV Sports. Uh, that actually won MTV its first Emmy. I did that. I hosted that show. It was an extreme sports show for six years. And uh, in doing that show on MTV, did a lot of their rock and jock games that they used to have. And then uh, through that and from that, I started acting quite a bit, which is why I moved to uh, LA in the first place. And the, the title of the book comes from uh, a character I played for one episode on Seinfeld which I, my character's name was Tony, and yep. Jerry referred to me as a male bimbo, i.e. a mimbo, because he was saying that I was Elaine's boyfriend, that the only reason Elaine dated Tony was because of the way he looked, because he didn't have a whole lot upstairs. So um, to tie that whole thing in, the way that I then got tied in to do a book, um, I was contacted by Wiley Publishing, and... Um, Matt Holt, who was a senior VP over there, had contacted me and said, hey, he followed me on Instagram. We had talked a few times. He said, you know, I see that you just had a new baby. Like, you have, have you ever thought about writing a book, uh, but something positive, something inspirational about, you know, fatherhood and fame? And he said, but I want it to be Dan. I want it to be very Dan. So we started after about four or five calls of sort of trying to break it down and figure it out. He kept coming back to that. I needed to be more Dan, more Dan. So I said, okay. We got on the phone again. I said, look, I just, I'm not trying to sound like a jerk, but I need you to clarify something for me. I said, you keep saying more Dan. I am Dan. I, I don't really know what you mean by that. So I said, we've never met in person. So just help me out. Like if, if we met in person, I asked him, I said, what do you think I would be like? And he said, well, I've asked around the office and a lot of us believe that you'd be a lot like that character you played in Seinfeld. So then he proceeded... <laughs> He proceeded to just, you know, shower me with compliments, but I didn't hear anything, Jake. I heard none of it. All yeah. I heard was, you're, you're a mimbo. That's all I heard. So when he was finished, I said, I'll write the book. And he goes, what? And I said, I'll write the book. I want to write the book. And he said, okay, wow, that was easy. And I said, no, because basically what it turned out, you, you, I felt he called me a mimbo, but I, I think I'm so much more than that. So the, the concept of the book was for me to go on a little spiritual journey of myself and figure out who I am. Maybe I am that guy, maybe I'm not. So that is where the title came from and it's 
you know, I looked at the book sort of like a jigsaw puzzle. Yep. And I said, what I want to do, take my life as this puzzle, take, all, take it all apart. And I need to start piecing it back together. And once it's all pieced back together through these anecdotal stories I tell, is it still going to look the way that I think it's going to look? So it's, I, I wanted to do it that way too, to make it more relatable to the reader as well. It's not just Dan telling stories about, oh, when I was 10, I was, and, and also the anecdotal stories I tell are sort of things that, you know, our brain remembers some random stuff that you go, I don't know, I don't really remember this important event, but I remember when I was 10 and it was recess. And it, so I wanted to look at those events and why I remember those specific things and those, those smaller moments that then turn out to, you know, mean a lot more in your life as you get older. So. Well, and I would say the readers probably in the audience appreciates that more because sometimes it's hard, you know, you don't live out in LA if you're middle of the US or, or, you know, kind of in the South, you're like, I don't have anything to relate to somebody that's been in Hollywood, man, that sounds so much fun, but like, there's such a disconnect, but being a father, you know, having family, like those, the challenges and struggles that you go through maybe in a different setting, but a lot of the challenges you face kind of are the same. And I know a, a message yeah. of being positive is a big theme throughout. You're recently on John Gordon's Power of Positive Summit. And, yeah. and so that's a big piece of your life too. And so I, I guess one of the questions I have for you is what's been one of the biggest lessons that you've learned of being a father that you're like, man, I wish I had this 20 years ago. Wow. Before I became a father, what would I... You know, what I would think, you have now? Like, what's the one thing you've learned now going through the process that you wish you would have known well before then? Just to really enjoy every moment. Um, and, and I've kind of uh, reminded myself about that even more now because I have two older teenagers and now I have a one and a half year old. And just to enjoy every day, every moment of every day, the good and the not so good. Um, I, there's a chapter in my book where I started doing that at a certain point in my life where something very traumatic happened to me. And I felt at that moment, it was, you know, it's easy to say live in the moment when things yeah. are great, really absorb this Th- Things are wonderful, live in the moment, but it's almost more important to me to absorb those moments when things aren't going so well. So you can remind yourself how it was and, and feel that and move on past it. So I think having become a father 19 years ago and then 16 years ago and now uh, a year and a half ago, it's just, I wish I had that mentality when I was much younger. One of the other things that, that, that your answer spurred with me is, is the idea of not only of just kind of enjoying the moment, but enjoying kind of the process. And I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of us were such in a rush to get quote unquote there, wherever there is from a a achievement level status in our career and our life, financial status, like we're always focused on there that we forget to kind of enjoy that process. I feel like that's even harder when you're in LA, especially when you're acting, because everywhere you look, there's people ahead of you in some vein or another. How did you, especially while you were working, enjoy the work, the process of the work while just not getting frustrated that you weren't at Jerry Seinfeld's level, even though you're sitting across from him in the booth working with him, like that kind of process that I think a lot of people listening can relate to because we all have those people, those people we look up to, we see in the field or the industry we're in. And a lot of them forget to kind of enjoy the work that they're doing now because they're not to that level. Well, I think the mistake that a lot of people make is 
you can't and shouldn't compare yourself to somebody else within your field. Um, everybody has a different journey to get to where they are. So I was raised uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My dad was an Italian immigrant. I grew up in a very humble household. I was the youngest of four kids. I actually worked in a steel mill for two summers where I worked a graveyard shift from midnight to noon, uh, eight and sometimes midnight to noon. So even when I started working as an actor, I was thankful, I was grateful because I, you know, you're doing something you've always wanted to do. And, um, and then to get paid as a working actor, the type of money that a lot of working actors get paid, you're extremely grateful. I'm still the type of guy that thinks 20 bucks is a lot of money. So I was, you know, thankful and appreciative as far as that's concerned. But, you know, a lot of people do get caught up in that. Well, I want to be at that level and I wanted to be there two years ago and I'm not. And that just that, you know, to me, that spurns negativity, too, because then you start viewing things in a less positive light. Whereas if you're thankful for what's going on and you're just working toward the next day and it's Look, I always say, I just want to be, my goal for tomorrow is to be a little bit better man than I was today. And the same thing as far as in, in your work, in your profession. I just want to be a little bit better at it tomorrow than I am today. Because guess what? 20 years from now, I'll be a heck of a lot better than I was. Well, so, and you are preaching the right message to these people here, yeah. uh, which is great. How do you, I guess, how do you hold yourself accountable to that? Or how do you keep yourself uh, motivated to do that, to do just a little bit better every day? Um, it's, you know, I, it's something that I've, I've done for quite some time. It's, um, again, I think a lot of it has to do with the way I was raised. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned working at the steel mill. What, what do you remember about that? There's a chapter that I wrote about in the book where, um, I said, I even say, I believe in the book that it was, this moment was very Shawshank redemption. Like I was, I wasn't in the steel workers union. So I was what they called a, um, I was the guy that basically came in non-union college age and nobody wanted to talk to me. Nobody yep. wanted to be around me. Everybody's like, who is this guy? So I was the utility man, which means I got the, I got the job that nobody else wanted for the night. You check the yep. job board. That's what you do. So you'd have the worst job. So about a month into it, I would eat by myself, you know, and it's the middle of the night. So a month or two into it, uh, one of these guys befriended me. And then I ended up having this crew of like three guys that I would at least eat my lunch with at four o'clock in the morning. And there was one moment where they were talking about this one guy was talking about, it. he'd been working graveyard shift for like six years. And he said, you know, I do this for my family. I do this because my kids wanted a pool and you make extra money where he said, so, and I got him the pool. He said, and that's great for my kids, but my kids know dad as the guy that got him a pool. They don't know who dad is. When dad comes home from work, he goes to sleep. He wakes up, he eats dinner, goes back to work. He goes, I have no relationship with my kids. So it's raining and it's like during this meal, like the rain is hitting on this metal uh, ceiling that we had and everybody's quiet. And at that point, I was going into my senior year of college and I was having some trepidations about, do I even want to stay in school? Like I live in Pittsburgh. How am I going to be an actor? I don't know anybody in Hollywood. So I just brought up, I said, I hadn't told anybody this, but I had thought about quitting school, like, and kind of just recalibrating. What should I do? You know, there's a lot of kids at that age, 20, yeah. 21, go through that mindset of what am I doing? And these three guys, there was this long pause and they just stared at me. And the guy who told the story about the pool basically said, he goes, I'm going to, I'm not going to tell you what to do because 
it's up to you. But you've been giving an given an opportunity that we have. You're in college. And I come to work here to try and send my kids to college. He said, so I'll make it simple for you. And I'll, I'll uh, well, no, wait, I'll tell you exactly what he said. <laughs> you might have to bleep it out. Bring it. It's okay. Bring it. But he said, he said, I will tell you this much. If we see you back here next summer, we will beat the living shit out of you. <laughs> and I said in the book, I said, you know, sometimes in life, you just need to hear things a way that you can relate to them. A lot of times you don't listen to your parents because you're young and you're like, oh, whatever, you're my dad, you're my mom. But if somebody else tells you in a way you could relate to it, and I said, you know what? I never saw those guys again. I, you know, but I think about them every day and I think about that moment of what if I would have gone back? What, what, what would my life have been like if I would just decided to quit school? I'd end up back there with a broken nose. They might've beat the shit out of me, but you know, so that was something that was very telling for me. And then in moving forward and in starting to work, uh, you know, fortunately in the entertainment industry, I never forgot that story. I never forgot that moment of that helped me appreciate everything I got even more. So when you ask, how do I motivate myself? That's how I motivate myself. It's like, and also when you got kids looking at you and a wife and kids that depend on you, of course, you want to be the best man you can be for them too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that leads me to where I was going with my next question, because you recently posted on Instagram this quote around quarantine is the perfect opportunity to strengthen the bond with the positive people in your life and separate yourself from the negative ones. And, and that conversation, that story from your book about having those guys in your life weren't intentionally chosen, but the advice yeah. and the wisdom they gave you was so impactful. The impact that the people that we intentionally surround ourselves with on a day-to-day -day basis, I feel is far too often overlooked. We, we don't intentionally select sometimes our friend circles and social circles or who we look up to, and that can have negative impacts on us. What are some of the ways you encourage folks to spring clean, summer clean their, their social circles, and, and what things do you encourage them to look for in positive people to surround yourself with? You know, it's a, you know, I do encourage people to do that, and I try to do that myself, but it, and that's a lot easier said than done. Because some of the people that maybe shouldn't be in your life have been there for quite some time. Yeah. Um, and, but I think if you're just aware, you need to first off be honest with yourself and be aware of what type of person you want to be and what type of life you want to lead. And then in doing so, if you are honest with yourself in doing that, then you need to look at the people that you surround yourself with. And, and I've never said, hey, you need to go to people and just say, hey, I, I can't talk to you anymore. I don't want to talk to you because this is, but there is a way to have conversations or, you know, I'm not about ghosting people where it's just like, just avoid them, avoid them. But a lot of ways to, I, I don't want to say rid yourself of those people is to be true to yourself and start acting the way that you want to be and the, act the way that uh, you want people that surround you to act. And those people will weed themselves out uh, because eventually they're like, oh, well, you know, Dan's not like he was, like he used to be. So maybe I won't call him today. It doesn't have to be a confrontation, but it comes from you. It comes from within and how you conduct yourself. And then a lot of times they, those, those people will weed themselves out. I love that. Well, and, and they will. And, and surrounding yourself, obviously, with those right people help aid that positive attitude and mindset to your life. What is another way that you found helpful, at least for you, 
in maintaining a positive attitude, especially given what 2020s look like, how have you mm. continued to maintain a positive attitude? Yeah, you have to. 2020, if you don't, uh, you're just going to fall further into that pit of negativity. I mean, you know, it's the first six months of the, the year were so negative. Everything. Yep. It's almost like it's almost like a horror film that you're watching that you can't believe any of this. You're, and, and a lot of people, I feel, you know, it's easy to fall into that trap of, oh, God, here we go. What's next? What's next? As opposed to what can we do to remedy this? You know, what's next as far as, hey, maybe, maybe we can do something that can turn the tide and make things a little bit better. So it, we're being tested right now. I mean, uh, as a species, as a planet, we're being tested. And, and you know, it's, it's a good test for us. You can look at it from a negative point of view, but you can also look at it as, hey, how are we going to respond? Um, and again, not just as Americans, but as a planet. Uh, it's starting with COVID. It affected the entire planet. And uh, so, you know, again, it's, are we going to separate ourselves even further from each other? Or is this the perfect time to come together and, and unify? I, I was talking to my wife the other day and I said, you know, I made an analogy saying, it's almost like I've had my nose broken three times in my life. And twice, I've had to have it broken again before they reset it yep. properly. And I said, you know what, maybe we as humans have been cracked and kind of broken and splintered for so long that we just need to break it completely and reset it from the start and reset it properly so that we can move forward, so that we can breathe freely, so that, you know, it's just, um, we need to look at this time, 2020, as an opportunity as, uh, as opposed to something that's just, you know, oh man, this is the end of it all. This is the end of it all, you know? So there's two very simple ways to look at it and it's up to people how they choose to do that. Well, and it's, it's based on your, what you choose for that perspective. And, and you made a great point of, oh my no, oh no, what's next? Which is yeah. essentially the perspective of self-centered. Yeah. How's it going to impact me? What am I looking at versus, what can we do next? And then yeah. that's a matter of where can I help? I'm outward facing. My perspective is on where can I add value, help others, serve others. So I think that's an incredibly crucial distinction for our listeners as well. Yeah. Dan, you've got this awesome new book. It's available on Amazon. Uh, you're incredibly active on social. First, tell us besides Amazon, is Amazon the best place to pick up the book? Is your website? Uh, and then uh, where can we follow you on social media? Yeah, Amazon, you can go there, barnesandnoble.com, uh, any bookstores, Wiley Publishing website. Probably the easiest way to do it is Amazon if you're a Prime member. Uh, you can go to my website, thedancortez.com. Brand everybody new one, asked, looks great, by the way. Everybody asked me, why the Dan Cortez? I said, well, because I, I Dan, dancortez.com was available, uh, but unfortunately, GoDaddy wanted $25,000 for that. So <laughs> I decided to go for the Dan Cortez and pay the $1.99 a month uh, as opposed for the 25,000. Um, but yeah, that's probably Amazon's the easiest way. Uh, and my uh, social media is at Dan Cortez, D-A-N-C-O-R-T-E-S-E -E, on Instagram and Twitter. And Which one Facebook. do you like more? Yeah, um, probably Instagram. I figured it's that might be it. Similar to me. Yep. Yeah, it's simpler. Um, and, you know, I, I like to have fun with it too. I, um, I don't know. It's... I, Initially, I tried to stay away from social media. My Instagram for the longest time was private. I basically did it just to post pictures so my parents could see, like pictures of me and the kids or yep. whatever. And um, 
you know, going into work. And a lot of times then with the book and everything, people are like, what are you doing? Like you have to be public. So people, you need to promote, you need to. So that's a, actually a chapter in the book where, you know, having teenage kids, I said, it's difficult to try and get them to manage their social media in the correct, proper way. And then as their father go, yeah, man, I'm trying to get eyes on this. I'm trying to sell books. I'm trying to. So yeah, the dynamic of that is very different and strange, but um, yeah, I enjoy it. Twitter, I was one of the original Twitter people when it first started and I really enjoyed it when it first started because I enjoyed just connecting with fans. Yep. People would reach out and say, and I'd have conversations with them, uh, you know, and then as trolls came along and things, it just, to me, it just sort of, I don't know, I, it lost some of its uh, shine to me. So I, I like you. them both. I like them both, but I think I prefer Insta over Twitter at the moment. Yeah, I, you know, Twitter for me, I enjoyed during sports because I would yeah. get like a different experience, but yeah. I've laughed over the last couple of months of like just, all the fake accounts and granted they're on every platform, yeah. but you laugh of like, you click on one profile and somebody that may believe something entirely different has a sponsored post like right above it. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well I see it. And then you click on that profile and it's like one follower and like, <laughs> you're like, Oh my gosh, like this account was created specifically yeah. to troll. Like, and so, yeah, so I, Twitter for me is just completely lost it, but Instagram similar to you. I love it. It's easier to use. I also feel like it's easier to maintain yeah. the positive nature of it uh, for I those agree. that enjoy that positive mindset and are intentional about what they follow. I think it's a, a better platform for that. Dan, man, this has been a lot of fun. Your book step off my journey from Mimbo to manhood is out on Amazon. So definitely want to encourage all of our listeners to hop on there and grab it. We have links to it in the show notes. Thanks so much for coming on the show this week. Jake, you're the man. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for the time. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with me or the show, email us at podcast at competeeveryday.com. To join our free Facebook community and get connected with other ambitious leaders working to win their work, their workouts, and their life, be sure to visit us at facebook.com slash groups slash compete every day. Until the next episode, keep competing every single day because your life is worth it.